Hey, Moto America fans, welcome to another edition of Off Track, our weekly Moto America podcast. I'm Paul Carruthers, the communications manager for Moto America, and I'm joined as always by Sean Bice. Sean, good day. How are you? Doing great. You know, Paul, people don't know when we do these podcasts, obviously, we, they generally come out on Saturday morning uh, early for you, uh, early, a lot earlier for you, early for me too. But um, what I'm getting at is we record them at different times and we normally do it during the day. Um, this is a different one for us. Um, I'm just going to come right out and say we're actually recording this on a Thursday. For me, it's Thursday evening at 8, 8 o'clock. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. We've never done one this time of the day, but I, I kind of feel good about it. I mean, you know, the sun's going down. I feel kind of relaxed and happy. It almost feels like the way we are at an end of a race day when we're, you know, kind of thinking about what. We could. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually happy hour here in San Clemente. So um, you got that going for you. I'll try to, I'll try to keep calm and, and relaxed, but uh, I'm pretty pumped today. We've got, uh, we've got the guy who probably has made the biggest news since our season started. Um, Cameron Bovier got out, uh, shot out of the, uh, the, with the gun there right away and won three of the first four Ona Superbike races. Um, you know, both rounds being held at Road America, one without fans, the second one with fans. But uh, in, in the second race at Road America 2, um, Cameron made a little bit of a mistake. There's that bump down there in turn one that you don't want to hit. And, uh, and he hit it and, and crashed out of the race. And lo and behold, we had a battle for the, uh, for the rest of the race with Bobby Fong and Jake Gagne. So we knew at that point that we were going to have a new winner, uh, somebody that hadn't won a superbike race before, whether it be Bobby or Jake. And uh, it turned out to be Bobby. It was kind of cool, and uh, that was our that's the that was the one hundredth superbike race that we've uh, that we've put on at Moto America. Obviously, uh, AMA Superbike was before us, and we continue to run the AMA Superbike series. But as far as keeping track of of races that we've actually done, that was our uh, that was our century mark, our one hundredth race, and it was kind of cool that uh, that Bobby Fong decided to make that his first win. So um, this guy. He, he's no stranger to winning. I mean, if you think he hasn't won a lot, then you haven't you haven't looked in the books because he's got a total of 16 Moto America wins across three classes. And last year, of course, he was our Super Sport champion with six wins. But now he's stepped up to uh, to the Superbike class. Uh, fortunately, I think for him, he got to stay with his with his team that he already felt comfortable with, which is the M4 X Star Suzuki team. And he's picked up right where he left off. He uh, he's had two good weekends at Road America and, uh, and ready for, uh, for Road Atlanta here in the next couple of weeks. So, so Bobby, welcome to our podcast. We've had you on before. You're always a fun guest. And, and how are you today? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, just heading back home from doing a little motocross and trying to train in this heat, man, because uh, Atlanta is probably going to be just miserable weather and very hot. So I'm trying to train in the heat as much as I can so I don't have any excuses, really. Well, how careful are you when you ride those things? You know, everybody says they're, I mean, most riders say they're careful, but at the end of the day, we want to be, we want to go fast, you know what I mean? But, you know, I'm in the corners, I try to do my thing and, you know, push the limits and, uh, but, you know, when, when it, I ride on a pretty tame motocross track, it's nothing too crazy, uh, but I'm not the guy to uh, lay that thing like a pancake and clear the, the quad. I'm not that guy, but, uh, you know, I, I do what I do what it's uh what is necessary to uh try to win some road races. 
You know, Bobby, does it feel, do you feel any different after this, this win? Like Paul said, you've won a lot of races in all kinds of race classes. Uh, You know, getting this one, is is it, is it extra special? And do you, does it make you even more motivated to win the next one? Or do you feel like, Hey, this is just my job. I'm, I like to win, but I also like to win all the time. So I'm just going to keep at it. Like I always do. You know, uh, no doubt. I mean, it's a, it's a great feeling. You know what I mean? I've been, I've been wanting to do this my whole racing career is when a super bike race but at the end of the day uh cameron's still a little bit faster than me you know he was a few tens faster than me that weekend in that race and yeah i got the win but you know we, we have some work to do so i'm uh i'm not satisfied for sure and uh if anything i'm more motivated to uh to beat him heads up or try to beat him heads up you know what i mean he's the champion and that's we're all trying to chase cameron so um we definitely had some work to do but uh we're closing that gap so that's that's all that matters and we're improving each time on the bike so that's that's good but i mean the feeling the feeling was unreal but you know uh, if you know me personally i'm not uh, i'm not easily satisfied so <laughs> it was uh it was cool for the day but you know on uh monday morning waking up you're just trying to think of uh, what you're going to try to do to be a better rider and be better overall for the next round so um yeah it's just another day in the office now that's that's behind us but uh you know, I want to get the ball rolling because it was a good feeling standing up on the superbike podium. What right now with uh, with the bike? You you obviously won the championship last year in Supersport on a Suzuki GSXR 600, which obviously is a fairly different motorcycle than the the one thousand the GSXR 1000 superbike that you're riding this year. Um, there's some changes there, of course. Can you talk about what? what you're kind of dealing with at the beginning of the season um, with, is it fitting, fitting on the bike? Is it certain things, engine braking? You know, if obviously I don't want to get super specific with any secrets, but what, what are the things that you're trying to do to the bike or even yourself to sort of adapt to being on this motorcycle? You know, in the beginning, it was a big, like the first Tessa Barber, man, it, that was, that was a, a big change. Just, Obviously, we spoke, you know, the ergonomics of the bike and just getting used to it and uh, changing my style again for a big bike. Um, but now, it, you know, now we uh, there's so much stuff you can do on a super bike to make it. I mean, we can move the the pivots, swing arms. I mean, you name it, we could change that motorcycle upside down. So, I mean, there's and we're still playing with things we don't know. We don't know exactly our baseline for sure for every track, but we, you know, we, we pick the best one for road America for myself, but not alone the bike setup. It's, it's the electronics. Like for example, um, I could, you know, in the last sector at road America, it, it's like from out of Canada corner to, uh, the right left. And, and it's not even, it's not even hard to do. Like you're just wide open on the motorcycle, but no matter what, the Yamahas will pull us by like three tenths and that, and you wrote, you're wide open, you know what I mean? And then it's all electronic stuff. And no matter, sometimes no matter how hard you ride, if the electronics aren't proper or they're not, you know, close to being ideal, I mean, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. You know what I mean? You're just going to be, so it's, it's a lot more than just riding a motorcycle. It's like, you got to set that thing up and you got to be halfway decent between the ears to, uh, to understand what the hell is going on. Well, then you're in real trouble. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, I got a, I got a question for you. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like we all love Tony, and 
I mean, I want to know, like, how how hard is it? I mean, you want to beat your teammate, but how hard is it to be around him and be in the truck when he's had such a miserable start to the season? I mean, is it – I mean, you obviously you're, – you're pumped because you're beating him, but then, I, I don't know, I, I think you're the same way I am a little bit where you're kind of like, you know, you, you, you feel bad for the guy. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, well, what's going on with Tony? Yeah, he, he is having a little bad luck with the the crashes and all that stuff. But, I mean, if you think about last year's pace for Yoshimura Suzuki, Tony's faster than last year's pace. I mean, on M4 yes, Suzuki, he is faster than Yoshimura's ever gone on that bike. So, I mean, right. you can't say Tony is struggling. He's everybody attack has just stepped it up so much this year with Richard Stamboli running that program. It we're playing catch up, you know what I mean? But uh, at, at the end of the day, Tony is, he's a hard worker and yeah, you, you want your teammate closer to you. And that's my main goal is to beat my teammate, but he will be there. And uh, you know, but his, the overall atmosphere, he's actually has a good attitude. You know what I mean? It's, right. he is a good dude. Yeah, I've noticed he hasn't, at least, you know, he hasn't, you know, flipped out or anything like that. And he, he's still, he's still trying, you know what I mean? And he will, he will be there um, sooner than later. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the pace is hot and uh, we're playing a little catch up, but we'll be there for sure. Now, don't take this the wrong way, but yeah, the fact, <laughs> that, the fact that you have, you don't have a lot of experience with all the stuff you can do to that bike. In a way, do you think that's, that's helpful for you because you're just worrying about just going out and riding the thing instead of, I mean, I look over at Tony's side of the pit, you know, hot pit during a qualifying or practice session. And I mean, it looks like the parts store at the local Suzuki dealership. There's, there's shocks <laughs> everywhere. I mean, it, I'm just like, Holy crap, where's he going? You know? So do you think yeah. it's a little bit of an advantage at this point in time that you don't know more if that makes sense? Yeah. And no, you know what I mean? And I, I mean, my whole career, I've always been the underdog on riding, you know, riding, not the best equipment. Um, not, not counting last year because, you know, I was definitely on great equipment last year, but my whole career, I was kind of the underdog always trying to beat the factory. So I know what it's like to be playing catch up or not having the best stuff or not having the best, uh, like, you know, setup. I just got to adapt somehow. You know what I mean? The biggest thing you could change in the motorcycle is yourself, you know? So I just right. try to do what I can with, with what I got. And I don't, the thing is like, the main thing what I'm trying to do is just put in laps. You know what I mean? Like, even if like when I go out on a session, like for example, like I know the bike is an ideal and I know it feels not the greatest, you know, sometimes, but the right. biggest thing is me getting used to it. You know, like if it, feels like hell coming out of the corners, like just change something. You know what I mean? The biggest thing you could do is change yourself. And if I come in during the session to like try to flip that bike upside down, like one, you're going to miss half the session Two, You're going to, you're going to miss a lot of laps. You know what I mean? Like where you could be learning and the confidence. So that's like my biggest thing is just try to do as many laps as I can. And even if it feels like hell, you just got to figure it out. And that's what I do. Like on, like during the week, like, you know, like if it feels like hell, just figure it out, change something, you know? So. You know, you know, Bobby, I, I'm going to, I've got a question I'm going to lead into, but I'm going to start out by saying, I'm going to call BS on one thing that you told us on a, on a previous podcast. Um, and it's that you said, you said you can't do a wheelie, but I've 
Every Wheelie Wednesday when I look for a photo, there are photos of Bobby Fong doing wheelies last year, this year. I mean, you obviously do power wheelies, so you do get the front end off the ground. And I, I want to point out that that's – go ahead. Six inches doesn't count. I mean, it does in my personal life, but, I mean, it doesn't count yeah. with wheelies. I mean <laughs> – <laughs> there's another there's something else you can call bullshit on yeah. <laughs> oh man oh no but what i was getting what i was getting at with that is you know you you're you're obviously very self-deprecating with yourself and it's one of the things i love about you it's because i i kind of am the same way um you're very humble about yourself but i want to ask you regarding all the things that you can do on that bike you from talking to you you're pretty analytical not only with your riding and racecraft, but it seems to me that you know what's going on with the bike, whether it's suspension or whatever. So how much do you talk to? I think Frank Aragaki is your uh, crew chief. Is that right? Yeah, that Chinaman. He's my crew chief. Yeah, he's okay. he's an okay guy. He's an okay guy. <laughs> he used to talk to Cameron about how he and Rick Hobbs would have a communication. And, and you know, riders talk to their crew chiefs and their technicians in certain ways. Some of them are very specific about what they want. Some of them kind of talk about a feel. You know, what? where do you land on that? How specific are you with Frank? And is it like, it's just, it's doing this, or are you saying take a, a little bit out of the preload? I mean, how, how do you talk to your crew chief and crew about that stuff? You know, I talk to that guy a few times during the week, just about BS and everything that's going on. And, and honestly, it's more of a confidence thing. You know what I mean? Like when, when he, when I talk to Frank and he says, Hey, I think, you know, I think this is going to work. Like, even though like, you know, that it might not work just the fact that he is confident that it's going to work. You have confidence. Like, okay, I'm going to do this on this bike now. Like it's, it's more of a confidence thing, you know, with, with me and Frank, like during the week and stuff like that. But when I come in, uh, like during the session and I say like, Hey, this is going on, this is going on. Like, I'm not the guy that I'm not the guy that's like, Hey, do uh two turns of preload and uh lower the rear and you know do this like I, that's not me but I, you know like when it comes to the electronics side i'm like hey why don't you like take a little tc out here like add engine braking here or you know give me this 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 when it comes to the electronics that's a little different story but when it comes to like bike setup stuff i'm more of the guy that's like let's just run it you know run it or like hey like why don't we just what do you think about you know, adding a, a pound of pressure for the next session or something like that's me when it comes to like bike setup, but electronic side, like I have more of an input and in like what I want uh, there. So. Okay. As we, as we go to road Atlanta, not that road America, uh, road America was easy by any means, but it's a, it's a little bit different than what we're going to face at road Atlanta. Is, mm -hmm. Do you think it's going to, what do you think what do you think that's going to be like for you on that superbike for the first time at Road Atlanta cuz that place seems like it can be a bit of a handful. You know honestly I think it's going to be a lot easier for us. I really do. Well, there I'm wrong again. Yeah, I really <laughs> honestly I think you know like the only place that we might um struggle a little bit is in the S's but then I watch you know I watch the races from last year and it seems like Tony and Josh did great through those S's, you know what I mean? And I know that I know that my bike, at least right now, at least the, for how good we're doing on it, or, you know, I feel like we probably have a, a, a pretty decent setup or going to have a pretty decent setup uh, for the S's. So I'm not, I'm not honestly concerned at all. I think it'll be a lot easier than, um, than Road America. I think it'll suit our bike a little bit better. 
So when you show up at a new place like Road Atlanta, do they have, is there, is there like some data from last year or do you guys just start completely fresh because the data doesn't work or because you don't even have it? So like on the, well, now on the chassis side, like me and Frank are doing our own thing. Like my, our side of the crew are doing our own thing with the suspension. Like that's, we, we completely are not doing anything what Yosh did on that end. Like what they, whatever they ran, we're not doing on bike setup wise. Uh, but the electronic end, like on the electronic side, uh, we kind of start with like a base map from what they had last year and modify their base map to like my trend of what I did like at Road America. So for example, like say Tony had the, uh, something at Road Atlanta, like, okay, they'll take Tony's data or Josh's or whatever and they'll modify it. Like me, I like more engine braking than Tony. So they'll like, they'll put more engine braking in already for a start at Road Atlanta just like customize what they had from last year for my trend, you know, right. which is nice. <laughs> which is nice. Which um, is nice. So, so Bobby Fung, I, you are a, uh, a book with many, many chapters and I'm always learning something new about you. Uh, and I learned something recently about you that I didn't know. And I want to, I want to bring it up and ask you about it. Um, what one thing, and this isn't what I was going to ask you, but one of the things is you have this interesting pre-race ritual. A lot of guys listen to music. Um, you listen to house music, which you're, which uh, tell us <laughs> house music. Yes, uh, so tell us about that, and know, then I'll ask you that. I just like to like picture I'm like at a rave, just in a little speedo, like I'm a music video. You know what I mean? Just dancing before i go out i don't even i just i don't know i just feel the vibe man <laughs> like i i don't know i listen to like a lot of house music edm music like nothing too like upbeat where it's like techno just bah, 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 bah. it's a little more slow you know <laughs> so i'm not too much of a hardcore i listen to rock when i'm not like more of like a heavy head head beating before i go uh go ride i'm more of like a sensual sensual writer you know listening sensual music you are sensual i'll, I'll say that <laughs> Jesus, um, yeah. easy so, i know what are we the, going with this podcast what are we doing here <laughs> well the, the part b of that is you know a lot of the writers i know jd beach is famous for this and paul used to talk about it they would try to get that uh that porta potty as close to the starting grid as possible so that jd could go over and you know, take care of his business before he went out on the track for the start of the race. You are completely the opposite of that. And this is something I recently found out about you. You drink a liter and a half of water before you start a race. Can you, can you talk about why you do that? And does, do you have, I mean, obviously you must sweat it out of here. You must have to go pretty bad after you get off, off the track. Tell Don't us about that liter and a half of water. He oh, goes oh. on lap five in his leathers. <laughs> uh, honestly, I do, I do so much weird stuff on a race weekend. Like, I won't even get on the motorcycle in the morning without having like, you know, maybe two liters of water in me. Uh, it's just weird. Like, you know, and I have to, I'm just really, I know what I like and I know what my body likes, but speaking of the porta potty, I just piss on myself, dude. Like sometimes like when it's hot and I'm lazy, like I just, I'll just piss on myself. <laughs> you know? I'll just piss on myself. Like, <laughs> you could ask my crew members, like, it's like, man, I'm not going to waste that three minutes of going in the porta potty, that hot box, sweating my ass off, and then going back to my bike and wasting that energy. I want to save it for the bike. I'll just pee myself. 
<laughs> wow. I mean, I, you know, I do that in my wetsuit, which is kind of nice if it's cold. But <laughs> yeah. That, 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 those leathers have to smell pretty good around round eight. No, you know what's crazy, man? I have really, I don't know if it's like my hygiene or my pee, but like I'm so hydrated. Like, do you like smell those things like after the race, or like even like at, when they're dry? I'm like, man, nothing ever happened. I might as well just poo on these things now. Oh <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But they don't uh, stink, man. It's really, it's really odd. Fergan's making Fergan's making it awesome, awesome undersuit in those things. <laughs> But, but seriously, well, this is another part of this I want to ask you about. So you drink this liter and a half of water and you, you talked about something recently called water fasting. And I, I really want to understand that a little bit. It's maybe something that a fan or one of the other writers or something, if you want to share some of that uh, insight with us. I don't know what that is. And I don't understand what your thing with water is. I understand electrolytes and being balanced. But can you, can you talk about that a little bit, what, what you do? No, you know who got me started doing that was Gagne. Jake Gagne did that. We're at American Super Camp one time. And I forget what year, 2018, before the 600. And I needed to lose some, like, weight. And, like, Gagne has been doing it a long time. Like, he's gone weeks on for not eating. Like, uh, you know, you got to ask Gagne about it. But he got me on this kick of, you know, it's just basically cleansing your body and just drinking a, a hell of a lot of water. And, you know, you don't need all this food all the time. You know what I mean? You know, every once in a while, I do a few days of just water fasting and lose some LBs, and you feel great when you're done. You know, you're dying during, but when you're done, you just, you know, you're you're lighter and you're you feel better. You're, you know, you you're not retaining a whole bunch of water. You're you're just getting cleaned out, which is nice. It's a good feeling. I haven't done it too much this year, just because I haven't. I really didn't need to lose much weight for the big bike, but uh, it is good for you. So that's a whole different thing. The water fasting is to lose weight. Obviously, fasting is so you drink water and you don't eat for a while. So that would be it's, oh my it's god. Overall well, it's overall well being. It, you, it's uh, well being. It's a lot. It's really good for you. Um, but obviously, you're you're dying during. So yeah, but the, the, before you go out on the track, I mean, you obviously have to hydrate and get ready because you lose a lot of uh water sweating it out during a race is that why you drink a liter and a half or do you just crave it and you want to have it at that point i just don't want to have any excuses you know i definitely don't crave it that's one thing i don't do i just don't want to have any excuses like when i go on the bike like my job is to be fit and hydrate and you know um just be ready so i know that i'm going to be sweating like crazy and it's hotter than hell outside so i better be hydrated you know, I hydrate before too, obviously, like a week prior, like a lot of water. And, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're athletes. We got to try to be athletes. You know what I mean? <laughs> try to act professional. So, uh, yeah, I try to do the, do the right thing and not come in when I'm done off the bike and tell my crew that, Hey, I couldn't get the job done because I, I was dehydrated and I fatigued and, you know, I, I couldn't do my job proper because I know everybody else is busting their ass to get the job done. So I better do my part. Okay, Sean, I have I have a bad feeling that you're going to try to drink two liters of Diet Mountain Dew when we go to Road Atlanta, and I'm worried. Well, hell, I already two do liters, that. And that's two, my liters, two liters is nothing. Two gallons is another story. Yeah. Of Mountain Dew. I'm talking Mountain yeah. Dew here. Oh, oh yeah. It's yeah. I, I'm trying, <laughs> I tried to get him to stop drinking soda, and it's, it's, it's not going to work. He, uh, yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst thing ever, and it's not even the it's not even the high test stuff. It's the it's the stuff with that NutraSweet in it, which I'm sure Bobby thinks is the worst thing you can put in your body 
ever. You're basically <laughs> drinking a can of cancer. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm a lab rat. That's exactly right. what I am. Yeah, your best uh, hope is to just go ahead and get COVID. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Brutal. So, so Bobby, it's it's got to help you that um, that you're you're starting the, your superbike career, but you're at least doing it in a team in which you've raced for and feel comfortable with. Do you agree? Yeah, no, it, it's good. It, it it's good, um, but it's not. You know, it's not. Uh, completely idea i mean it's it, i wouldn't choose it no other way but my guys on my end they're still learning too which is it's true, definitely a true. confidence booster because it's definitely a confidence booster because if they're still learning i'm still learning what are we going to be doing at the end of the season you know what i mean hopefully we could keep the momentum going um because we're still we're still learning together which is nice so that means there, there should be a lot more to come right yeah, I, I didn't even think yeah. about that, but but you're learning a superbike yeah. and they're learning a superbike at the same time. But at least there's some familiarity about how you you work with each other, so that that helps. Yeah, yeah, that that, that yeah, that's that's really a good thing, and we we work well together. I have, you know, me me and Frank are, you know, we even room together on the race weekends, and uh, I have the same chassis mechanic and uh, different data guy Ben Ben Fox, and uh, you know, he he has a you know a lot of knowledge behind him, and he's learning the the system you know, as well, but, you know, he's been doing good work. The whole team has been doing good work and kudos to, kudos to those guys, obviously, because uh, Suzuki had a lot of doubts when uh, they handed over uh, the program to John and Chris Ulrich. So we're, uh, I feel like we're doing a good job. Bobby, I want to ask you about another one other part of your program. And it's, it's the work that, that you, that Josh Hayes does with you. Well, it's interesting for me to hear about this. And I think the fans will, get a kick out of this too because you would think that what josh is talking to you about is uh, well it's racecraft i know but i mean he's he's not necessarily talking to you about what to do in this corner or that corner he's sort of coaching you from a confidence and a mental standpoint a little bit which with all the experience josh has had on the track uh, i understand that's a huge part of it and i know that was a huge part of his game and what he did but people that think of rider coaches or coaches that they work with, especially somebody like Josh, it would be like more about techniques and things. And it's, it's really kind of not like that, or at least it's not all of that with, with Josh. Is that correct? And can you tell us about what he, what he brings to your program? Yeah, that knucklehead. Um, you know, he, he definitely, uh, no, no doubt. It's all, it's a lot of the, like in the pits on like mind game stuff like that. But, I mean, uh, he definitely helps me with like different techniques and approaching different corners. Like I rode America on the Thursday, we walked sections of the track where we, we had some, we did some studying after round one and, you know, just different approach to different corners. And, you know, it was weird was, uh, it was the biggest thing It helped me at Barber. Okay. So at Barber, the preseason test, um, and it was my first time on the super bike and Josh was uh, testing the Westby bike and I got. Josh got behind me uh, out of turn five at Barber and I was entering the museum corner the same way like I've done in the 600, everything, you know, and I've struggled in that corner since day one, like going in there. And it was like, he was like, dude, what are you doing going in there? I'm like, I don't, I'm just, I think I'm doing okay. And it was like, I had so much, like I had like, you know, six feet more to the left. I could have gone. I was like going pointing straight into the corner. Like, straight like where my motor or like my wheel was pointing to the grass and set it to the corner it was like it was like the weirdest thing like why have i never ran 
more outside going into this corner. Like it, it set me up for the corner and it was so much easier, but sometimes I just get like locked in my ways and you think, you know, you're doing great, but like the littlest things like that make the world of a difference, you know? So it like, but God, sorry, what you're saying, I just wanted to follow up on that a little bit because I kind of set it up to, um, with the idea that Josh does less of that technique, but I can see, and I figured he, he would talk about specific corners and stuff, but from what I've read about some, some things you've said, and, and even what, what Garrett Gerloff has said, or even Cameron Peterson, some of what he's talking to you about, I guess it still has to do with racing, but it's almost like life things or, you know, mind things. Uh, do you, is that is that correct? You know, it really is true. You know what I mean? Like what Josh usually tells me is don't be a weenie. You know what I mean? Like before you go on the bike, like, hey, don't be a weenie. Do your do your job. This is your job. Do your job. I mean, it's the littlest things like that that make the world of a difference. Like, you know, for example, uh, you know, like the team, you think about, you know, the, the team is, uh, you know, they got handed down, you know, these motorcycles from Yosh and all this stuff. And like as a rider, like when your team owner and your, you know, your team owner say like, hey, do good, like podium's good, but like, you know, like try to keep it on two wheels. That like, that affects riders. Like when you, when a team owner says that to riders, like it affects riders no matter what. Like you don't want to crash. You never want to crash. But so like how from there, like, okay, how do you push 100%? So there Josh comes in like, hey man, do your job. Like this is why you got hired is because you need to go fast. You know what I mean? Just like little stuff like that that you know little riders are sensitive man we're delicate flowers so we just he's there to just you know he's there to uh just bring the confidence back you know what i mean okay he told me a story i don't even know if i'm supposed to bring it up but you you know it you, you'll be fine with it because it's me and we yeah i'll be fine slept, we've slept together in the same room yeah and i think you even kept a pair of my underwear out of it but anyway oh dude i, I promise you i did keep going okay so Josh said, I think it was, it was road Atlanta last year in the super sport race and Hayden Gillum like passed you in front of everybody. Like I think going into the last corner and, and, and Josh said, you just sort of like freaked out. Went stalking on him? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that, uh, yeah. He said you actually went like Stockton gangbanger on him and like, you were determined to, you had to do the same thing to him in the same corner. And he said, actually, the way you responded in that could have ended up cost it. Well, it did end up maybe costing you that race. So these things you just learn from. You know, it, it, it was in that moment on that on that race, I felt like I was a nice little boy in a cafeteria and some dude just took my lunch money. Like that, that's the way I felt like, that's the way I took it. Like this dude came over here and I was eating my chicken nugs and he took my money and my chicken nuggets. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way I felt like it was not going to happen. Like I would have never, like I would have came in the pits, even if I would have won the race, I would have felt like I just got punked. Like that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, don't do that to me. You know? Right. <laughs> like I, but it was. It was it was stupid of me to do it that way. I should have been a little smarter, but I saw red. You know what I mean? Like I saw red and I'm like, you're not gonna do this to me. Like, you know, you just stole my lunch money. It's not happening. <laughs> you know. So uh 
yeah, it, it didn't, ha- it ha- it's never happened since again. Like I, I've been a little bit smarter, but you know, I mean, as, as, a, as all riders, you know what I mean? We see red sometimes, you know, we, we saw, we see it in the superbike class and you know, everybody has a temper sometimes. Do you talk to yourself in during, when you're racing? Um, you know, not really like in practice or something like that. I'll just be like, all right, here we go. You know, something like that. But like, right. In the race, like, nah, I, I try not to talk myself. I try not to think at all. Like, th- I don't want to think, you know what I mean? I just want to just be natural. Like, I just try to hit my marks and just try to be uh, as smooth as I can. But uh, in practice or qualifying, like, right before qualifying, like, let's do this. Like, let's go, you know, like, breathe or something like that. You know, like, not full-blown conversations. Right. Like, I, 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 I mean, whenever I've ridden motorcycles, I've had full-blown conversations. Probably that, that's might be my problem. I even do it on my bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Like I just try to like make, I get myself angry and I get myself worked up and I tell myself I'm an idiot and you don't do that. That's surprising. Yeah. I thought you'd led the class in that. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have thought about what I'm going to have for dinner or, but I mean, not right. too much. <laughs> right. You're like, Hey, what am I going to have for dinner? You know? Right. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Bobby, one of the things that people may not know about you, because I, we see other riders doing this and we've done some, you know, we've put some videos on our social media. It seems like most of the riders in our paddock, especially the ones that are seasoned riders like you, uh, do a lot of help helping other riders or giving back or or you uh, train. And I witnessed today you were talking to somebody and it sounded like you were helping them with something. Um, it seems like it's a big part of what you do. You know, a lot of athletes, this thing about giving back, I mean, it gets kind of old after a while. It's like, well, people, I guess, should do that and and pay it yeah. forward or try to help out. But, but for you, I don't think, I don't think people know it, that you, you actually do a lot of that stuff. Um, can you, can you talk about that a little bit? What you do, do you work with riders uh, in the, in the gym? Do you work with people? I mean, t- tell us about that. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've been seeing the same personal trainer since, since I was 15 years old and, you know, I, I got to learn a lot of uh, the therapy, therapy side of it, the nutrition side, and uh, got certified just like in the training aspect of it. But I've been seeing like we do like a specific training and therapy stuff. We have a cryo and you do ultrasound and scraping and triggers and all that stuff. And I have uh, my trainers, you know, is also a doctor and he's been doing this for, you know, 40 years. So I, I've, I've got a, a ton of no- a ton of knowledge to look up to. And, uh, you know, there's like local athletes here in, in town, like baseball players and all that stuff. And I just kind of like to give back a little bit in the gym and, and it keeps my, you know, keeps me occupied. I'm learning, uh, and training at the same time. And, uh, you know, what else would I be doing if I didn't do that? You know what I mean? Other than just working out going home, riding a dirt bike. Like I spend most of my time in the gym now working with other people. And it's kind of like, you know, our gym's like a family, you know, we know everybody now and it's, uh it's nice man it's it's good to help other people and uh you know when somebody relies on you to uh for their neck to feel better it's kind of a a good feeling you know it makes he makes me seem like i'm you know doing my job correctly so on the on the riding aspect of it um you know i don't i don't there's not many uh kids in stockton that uh you know that that are racing right now i mean there's a lot of kids from what i cycle well but i haven't been out to the flat track here in a while but you know whenever i can i I like to give my two cents of what i know is uh right and wrong so um hopefully uh, you know whatever i've done for uh the racing community i'll I'll continue to uh 
help younger riders in whatever way I can. Okay, I've just got one more for you. I think it would have been after the 2018 season, which was fairly dismal for you. Um, mm-hmm. And and I remember being with you and you were sort of like to the point of like, I think I'm actually done with this. And you actually, you even went out and got a real job. And then suddenly everything switched and you went out and had a wonderful year last year. And obviously you've started out well this year. Did, was there mm-hmm. a time when you really thought like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm not going to get to do what I really enjoy to do and, and the job that I've always wanted? Was, were you at a point where you thought, okay, it, it's gone? You wanted me to be truthful about this? Of course I do. Always. I've, I have felt that every off season since my first professional career. You're a free. It is, it is the worst feeling in the entire world. Yeah. Every single, the racing, racing for me is, I love it, and but I know that it can be taken away in two seconds because it's happened. I, at, 2011, at the end of 2010, I didn't have a ride for 11. I didn't have a ride for 2009. You know what I mean? Like there's been a few years where I didn't do anything. You know, not many people know that, but I didn't have a ride in 2011. I didn't have a ride in 2009. So, I mean, and then I had some one-off rides here and there. Like, it could be taken with, within, you know, a blink of an eye. So, I try to do the best I can uh, because I know it's not going to be here forever. And every off-season is the most miserable time of my life because you never know if you're going to get a ride or if you're going to get paid or what team owner is going to lie to you this time. You know what right. I mean? Or right. what guy is going to come up from behind you and you know, put down some, give the money, give the team some money. And I am, I'm a, I'm broke as a joke. (laughs) I have no money to give, you know what I mean? Uh, So like, I'm just relying on my talent and you know, my, my personality. Uh, (laughs) So I, uh, you know, it it sucks when uh, you know, you're the better rider, but if somebody has a better social media or if they have some money behind them, they're going to get the ride. So I've felt that since I was 16 years old, it's a terrible feeling. Uh, well, hopefully that that goes away. So, yeah. But I, you know, I gotta give I gotta give it up, man. What, what's on this topic? Um, John and Chris all, and, you know, in this year, believe it or not, after winning the championship, I didn't think I was gonna have a ride this year. But John and Chris, I mean, and Suzuki wanted Josh Heron, like no doubt, like they wanted Josh Heron. Like I wasn't gonna get, I wasn't gonna get the ride. But jo- John and Chris Ulrich really pulled for me and like hey i'm you know i'm their guy so like i i've been saying this a lot but they really have you know uh revamped my career so thanks to those two knuckle not chris is the knucklehead but thanks to both of them (laughs) so yeah we'd agree with that too but i remember when we talked to you last year before you went to them and it was kind of like you danced around the situation with them and they talked to you a bunch of times and you were kind of like are we going to finally do this or whatever and it turned into a championship and now this superbike ride so uh you know good things happen to good people uh sometimes but you know we're, we're glad it, it certainly went that way for you um I, I've, I've got i've got one other question for you bobby and paul always worries about this but I just want to preface it by saying this isn't a weird that weird a question, but it's whenever always is it like that, then it's weird. No, because I, you always think I'm going to go I off know. the deep end. It's like Bobby; he always comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, was that creepy?" And I'm like, "If you have to ask me if it was creepy, then it was creepy." You you know for sure well, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this I hope isn't, but 
It's kind of interesting that it, uh, you are known as Bobby, Bobby Fong. I'm sure you were born Robert. Does, and I'm, I know people sometimes no, call you. How weird is it that I'm a Bobby? You know, Bobby Haro, like I've told you guys this before, you know, Haro Bikes. I've yeah. been named after yeah. my cousin, Bobby Haro. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm, so a, I'm a plain gonna, Bob. Yeah. You're, but you're always going to be Bobby. I mean, does anybody, does anybody call you Robert or Rob? It just doesn't happen, right? Uh, oh, my God. You have no idea. You, you know, people have called, a lot of my personal friends call me Bob, just straight up Bob. Like, I'm the old guy, right. Bob. Yeah, you know, you're Bob. Bob. You know, and the, yeah, I'm Bob. And then Bob Fong, Bob Fong. And then, uh, and then people call me Fonger. They call me Robert. They call me Roberto. Like, some weirdos call me Roberto. Like, dude, like, my life, I'll answer to it, too. It's like, all right. They go. call him, hey, they uh, also call him Sticks in. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I answer to it all. Are you talking to me? You know? <laughs> so, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, well, geez, we can't go any further with this. Uh, I think we, we just, I don't know. I'm not sure if we're going to have to edit some of this out. But no, we'll, we'll, never. It's all golden yeah. stuff, uh, Roberto. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate being on with you. Uh, or you being yeah. on with us. Thanks, guys. It feels like we're on your show. But, um, but you know, thank, thanks, thanks for coming on, Bobby. And, and you know, I'm, I want to also thank the – the fans out there for listening to our podcast um just want you guys to please subscribe to moto america live plus our popular subscription streaming service and and also don't forget to get your race tick weekend tickets too we've got road atlanta coming up but we're anxious to see how things go for team hammer and and bobby uh maybe you can get you know a, go two in a row or three in a row get on a roll with this but go to motoamerica.com and uh look for the details on live plus and uh also our ticket purchasing for our race weekend stuff as well. So, you know, Bobby, we want you to wrap up and say some things too. Um, thanks again for having us on, or coming on with us. No, no, thanks for having me guys. And uh, like I said, man, a big shout out to uh, Chris and John. Those, uh, those two are making it happen. So uh, we'll see you guys at the track and uh, three weeks, um, you know, hydrate up. All right. We'll see you in a few weeks, Bob. <laughs> Later, guys. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> Later. Talk to you. Yeah. Thank you.